Aloha, I'm Yanji Denise. Welcome to Get Your House in Order, where we help you take care of the things that matter most. In this series, we cover a wide range of topics from health and wellness to financial readiness and preparing for every phase of life. Today, we are talking about self-defense and how to make sure that you're able to protect yourself in dangerous situations. Now, before we dive into that, I'm joined as always by Paulette Ito, Senior Vice President at Hawaiian Financial Federal Credit Union. And Paulette, this is not not our typical topic. Why do you think it's important to include self-defense when we're talking about get your house in order? Whenever we talk about get your house in order, we're talking about being prepared, being able to handle any situation that comes your way so that you may be able to thrive. And this is one of those things as well. Being able to read and respond to things that come your way and self-defense is one of them. Okay, and for folks who are not familiar, what is Get Your House in Order and what is the Ho'okele Guidebook? Get Your House in Order, um, just like how I said, it's about organizing your life. It's like organization, life organization 1.1, 1.2. It is being able to take everything that you have from your finances to your mental wellness, spiritual wellness, and physical wellness, putting it all together and creating a roadmap for yourself so you know where you've been, where you're going to go, and what you need to get things done. And we are in season four of this program, which means we are in 1.4 uh, volume of the guidebook. Tell us about what this section of the guidebook covers. This section is the miscellaneous. It's things that didn't really fit in the other three guidebooks that we did. So it'll cover things such as being prepared, like self-defense, being able to um, understand benefits that you may have from organizations that you belong to, such as in the military. It talks about volunteerism. It talks about um, being social in the community, as, as well as um, being able to thrive at any age that you're at. Okay, and where can folks go to learn more and download this and get started? They can come to Hawaiian Financial Federal Credit Union's website. It's hificu.com and you put in GYHO and you'll be able to get to our Get Your House in Order landing page where we have the guidebook and it's absolutely free. Anyone can come and get the guidebook and there's a lot of other resources on that page as well. Okay, fantastic. Thank you so much for being here. We have so much ahead. We're gonna be speaking with a self-defense instructor and get his insights on how to stay safe. But first, we'll hear from someone whose story shows us why it's so important to be prepared. Hi, my name is Jordan Kilby. I'm from the Windward side, and this is my story. Uh, I'm here to advocate for self-defense. Uh, I think that it's good. One, it, it helps uh, with discipline. Uh, it helps to be a protector, uh, you know, whether or not you get into a situation where you need to uh, step up to the plate. Uh, for myself, I have a family and two daughters. And, you know, for me, I'm not going around looking to to get into trouble or, you know, get into a fight. But I definitely want to have those skills in my back pocket so that my family is protected in whatever situation we might encounter. And, you know, I have two daughters and I eventually want them to take self-defense uh, so that they can feel confident, uh, whether that's in school or, you know, whether they're, you know, in everyday life. I, I just want them to be able to feel the, the confidence uh, to, you know, pretty much take care of themselves. Uh, you know, this world, it can be dangerous at times and, uh, 
yeah, they, you know, whether or not they would continue with uh, self-defense classes, I, you know, that's up to them, but I, I definitely want them to have that in their back pocket and, um, you know, feel, feel comfortable um, in any situation. Cause I can't be for them, can't be there for them all the time. And yeah, I mean, the big takeaway would be, you know, put your kids in self-defense classes, uh, you know, not only is it great exercise, but it teaches them skills, character, and discipline. For all your money needs, Hawaiian Financial Federal Credit Union is here for you. Visit HIFICU.com. Welcome back. Joining us now is Jeff Pelletier, founder of Agogi Hawaii Krav Maga. Thanks for being here. Now tell us a little bit about this martial art, what it is, and how you joined in. A uh, simple version would be Krav Maga is essentially for self-protection. It doesn't have any sport aspect. It's strictly for street. Just violence of today. That's all it encompasses. Kind of think of it as a fusion. It takes, it borrows from a lot of different systems, takes the best of what we think is most effective for street, and weeds out the rest. If it works, we use it. If it doesn't, we lose it. And what do your typical self-defense classes look like? <sighs> typical. Now, depending on the bracket, usually anywhere age brackets, I go about as low as 14, 15 when it's public class. Privately, as low as we need to go. And age bracket, I've had as old as 70, 76 year olds. Usually they're around my middle age guys, but I get all range from 14, 15 to about 70, 75. And what kind of skills are you teaching? Well, the thing with when, when it comes to self, I use self-protection rather than self-defense, but when you're dealing with any kind of anything, self-defense class, the key things that people need to realize, there are the physical aspects, which are what we call hard skills. But the physical aspects are only one part. A lot of the situation awareness stuff, that's where people drop the ball. They get so excited about the physical techniques and I'm gonna hit, I'm gonna punch, and what if you grab my wrist, what if you choke me? But hey, maybe if you would have saw that prior, you might not have had to defend the choke. You might not have had to defend the wrist grab. So we, we try to balance it out, trying to be all encompassing. We always tend to be principle based. So think of the why we do it versus the what we do. If the why is solid, you're good to go. Mm -hmm. Then it has to be combat proven. Has it been tested in the street? Does it work? And the other one is mentality driven. Because if your mind isn't right, if you're not willing to go where you need to go for as long as you need to do it, I don't care what you know. At some point you will quit. So we try to give them a little bit of everything. So tell me a little bit about those skills. What exactly are you talking about when you talk about situational awareness? Well, what do I need to be aware of? Well, we always have a saying in, in, in what we teach. The amount you do not pay attention, you will pay in pain. The problem with today, it sounds like common sense things, like when you're running, don't put both headsets in. If you're gonna run, don't do it at night. If you're gonna be at night, make sure you have a flashlight, you know, make you got a buddy with you. If you need money or you're low on gas, you knew you were low in the morning. We're on an island, you ain't gonna get too far. But you waited to the end of the night. Now you're in Kalihi and you need to go stop at the 7-Eleven to get gas. Not saying something happens, but you're setting yourself up for potential. So these, these soft skill stuff that you need to have, um, those are the crucial, those are the skills you need to have. Paying attention to who's around you. What are they doing? We use a little formula called the triple O's. Simplest way I can put it. Observe, orient, operate. So see it, process it, and then act on it. Sometimes the action is nothing. It could be sitting in a, a restaurant and I'm noticing a couple having a conversation. I notice it, but it doesn't really affect me. So I, mental note, I go back to my business. Now it's getting heated. Pay attention to it, does it affect me yet? No, now he's getting up, they're moving around. Okay, now maybe it's time for me to, to leave. 
But if you didn't pay attention to in the first place, when it hits you, everybody gets, finds himself in the middle of a, a mess because they didn't take the time to pay attention to some of the little things. So, so that's a huge part. So many of us live, you know, with sort of a distracted existence. We are always looking down at our device, listening to a podcast, uh, thinking about the next thing on our to-do list. How do you stay present and focused so that you don't miss that couple having that conversation that turns into a fight, that turns into something that affects the you? The way I would typically explain it is you, you have to start as, as part of your daily routine. We have something called the stoplight effect. So think of it like a red light, green light, you know, green light safe, you're at home. You're fine. As soon as you step outside that door, you're on yellow the whole day, asking those questions. Who's around me? What are they doing? How are they doing it? Does it affect me? All these questions you're constantly, you're evaluating, constantly evaluating. And then red, obviously there's danger. Now I have to take immediate action. But if you don't even have a system of, of where your uh, threat level, uh, your awareness lies, you're just out there. Everybody's on green all day. Everything's safe. I can be on my phone. There's two sketchy guys right here eyeballing you and you're just on your phone. A lot of, um, finding more with females, a lot of times what happens is when they feel threatened, they tend to look away. So let's say this is a, a bus stop and you sit there and I sit right next to you. Most will just turn. They make themselves, I don't see you, they get on their phone. Instead of getting up or saying, excuse me, sir, you're too close, verbal boundaries. A lot of people don't realize human communication is only 10% verbal. That's it, 10%. 90% is tone of voice, eye contact, body language, but people negate it and they try to focus on the words. You can tell somebody to stop, but if you're not selling it, it won't, it won't matter. They won't do it. Our conversation with Jeff is just getting started. We're going to talk more about how everyone, regardless of age, can work to stay safe. What are his best tips? Stay with us. We'll be right back. Self-protection. Krav Maga is a street fighting technique with no sporting aspect. Practitioners range in age from teens to mid-70s. Self-protection includes the hard skills of fighting, but skills like situational awareness and avoidance are also vital. Krav Maga is principle-based, combat-proven, and mentally driven. Present and focused. Being distracted while in public could set one up for trouble. Remain aware of your surroundings at all times. Avoidance of potential trouble is not always enough. Remember, human communication is only 10% verbal. Nonverbal communication through body language and tone is also vital to staying safe in public spaces. See Dr. Oda at HEC Medical Clinic Honolulu Specialist in Laser Weight Loss. You can see the change losing 1 to 2 inches instantly. Welcome back. We are speaking today with Jeff Pelletier of Agogi Hawaii Krav Maga. Let's continue where we left off in this idea of what age is appropriate to learn these skills. At, at some point, you know, what, what do you think is the perfect age to start learning this? Birth. Birth. <laughs> well, assuming now, in that case, we're all late. Yeah, so. we're all late to the game. The reality is, is you may not learn the same things at the same ages, but you have to start early. With kids, you have to get them to pay attention. You have to understand, hey, be aware of your surroundings. Uh, a game we used to play with the kids, um, I'll have them, you, you bring them to a restaurant. Just ask them, how many doors are in here? Okay, how many windows? If a fire broke out right now, which way would you go? How many people are in here? You're just getting, how many people in red shirts? It's the memory game. You, they have these games you can buy, memory games, do it with reality, do it with life. Okay, on this street, was that car there 
last night? Oh, it wasn't. You just have to get them to pay attention. If you can get them to pay attention, it sets the foundation. Now you can start giving them physical skills, structure, safe zones, verbal commands, verbal boundaries, these type of things. Because a lot of times what happens is they just find themselves stuck because they don't know what to do. They were never taught. So they don't see the creepy guy watching them. We had a scenario with my daughter, case in point. We went to one of the malls. We were eating lunch. Uh, my daughter didn't eat what we ate, so I sat her down at the table. She had her food, and then I went, and we could still see her. We're right in the food court. I got my food, and something told me, go peek at her. I went and peeked, and this creepy guy, no business being there, had no food, nothing, sat directly behind her within about four feet, turned facing her and just staring at her. So I don't look exactly friendly, depending on if you know me. So I immediately went straight for him. He looked at me and he's, oh, and he got up and he bolted. Mm -hmm. Not all of us have a dad like that no. who's, who's <laughs> watching and, and paying attention. So let's say you are, you know, a, a woman in your 20s, 30s, 40s, however, whatever it may be. What are those skills? We talked about kids. What about the next age bracket? Uh, they don't change. The only thing you're doing is you're adding, now you're adding physical skills. Mm -hmm. um, I tell people I see a lot of these kids in these martial arts classes where they, they show them defending against adults and you can do this. And I'm like, no, you're giving them a false sense of security. A grown man, highly aggressive, I don't care what you know, to an eight-year-old, I'm taking you. I'm doing whatever I want. You're not going to stop me. So that's why it's so much focused on the small. But as they get older, you have to start giving them the physical skills now. So we usually say it's a foundational. The way I normally uh, progression would be situational awareness, communication skills, verbal boundaries, then... Um, your foundational stuff, your physical structure. How do I stand? What is a safe zone? How do I move without tripping over my own feet? Do I understand what a fence is? Can I cover all this? Then it's combative function, which is striking. You gotta learn how to hit with extreme violence. And that's where people can sometimes get hung up. And the last is defensive tactics, which is what we call self-defense. Hit with extreme violence, what does that mean? Uh, exactly what it sounds like. When I hit really you, hard. I am trying to hurt you. I'm trying to end you. Because remember, this is life or limb. It's not a training match. We're not sparring. Understand, sport, when you spar, yeah, there can be a little malice sometimes, but there are set rules. There are understanding. I'm going to hit you with this. You're going to hit me with that. You may knock me out. But in the street, you have no. I'd rather face a heavyweight UFC champion in a street fight than a crackhead with a screwdriver. Okay. Because this guy has some moral compass. Right. The other guy doesn't. So when you hit, you have to hit as if that's it. Your life depends on it, because it does. If yes. I don't hit back. Let's talk about the next age bracket. Uh, are you ever too old to learn these skills? No, no. I have, my oldest is 76. And uh, his partner is about 70. So it's two, two buddies. They just come and hang out, and, and they're still going. We have to work around limitations now, because now their balance might not be as solid as it used to be. So they can't be going to the ground. They have to have maybe a slightly wider stance to accommodate for their balance. He's got a bum knee. This guy's, you know, it, this is years of beating up your body. So it's never too late and it's never too early. You want to keep training. You just have to modify the training. If your training says you cannot do it, you have to evaluate that system. There are certain fancy things, yeah, you don't want to do, but as a general rule, yeah, you have to train forever. Our conversation with Jeff continues. Stay with us. We'll have much more on the other side of the break. Appropriate age. It's never too young to prepare for self-protection. Safety awareness for kids can be as easy as doing a memory game. Safety awareness sets the foundation for self-protection skills. Always be on the lookout for teachable moments when in public with young ones. Physical skills. 
self-protection includes physical skills and defensive tactics. Striking with extreme force is one combative function. While some people have physical limitations, like young kids, women, and older adults, a good self-protection system will mitigate those limitations. Pacific Spray Wash is Oahu's number one trusted exterior cleaning service. We deliver a spotless job for all your pressure washing, roof cleaning, house washing, and solar panel cleaning. Long's Drugs is always here for Hawaii, providing your family with local favorites, accessible health and wellness services to keep you safe and healthy. Make Long's a part of your day. Welcome back. We are speaking today about self-defense with Jeff Pelletier. And Jeff, tell me this. You know, you talked about self-defense versus self-protection. What is the difference? Okay. The primary difference, this is where people get hung up. It is a little bit of wordplay, but it sets a different mentality. Uh, when I do seminars, clinics, workshops, things like that, I always started off with saying, how do you not get wet in the rain? The normal answer, umbrella, a raincoat. And I said, that's self-defense. And then, so then I get the questionable faces and then I have to explain. If you look at um, the raincoat and the umbrella, you need them because sometimes you will get caught in the rain and you better have that umbrella. But most times, watch the news report, watch the weather, look outside your house and stay inside. That's the soft skill side. That's the 80% of the battle is that. You do have to go out and sometimes you do everything right and it's the anomaly and something happens. So you better have those physical skills. You better have those hard skills. You need that 20%. You need the raincoat. You need the umbrella. But if you paid attention to the first part, you wouldn't have to do it. That entire equation, the 80 and the 20, is self-protection. Mm -hmm. But people always self-defense. Self-defense is a little bitty part. It's the hard skills. It's the physical stuff. But there's so much you have to understand prior to that. Otherwise, you'll find yourself a lot into those scenarios. You always, we always say, you will always have to defend yourself when you fail to protect yourself. And protection is the big bubble. It's the large umbrella. The self-defense side is the raincoat, the umbrella. Well, yeah, you gotta have it. Once people go through this training, what do you hope they have? Is it more confidence? Is it just, you know, avoiding those situations in the first place? What do you hope they get out of this? Yes and yes. The, the, <laughs> what, what I usually, my objective for the most part is, I want them to have a better understanding of their role in protecting, preventing, avoiding violence. That's what it all comes down to in the end. People don't realize if you don't recognize it, you can't avoid it. You can't prevent it, which means now you're stuck in it. Now you're in the self-defense mode. Mm -hmm. So if you can have all those skills collectively, most times, 80% of the time statistically, it's about 80-20. Uh, some say 90-10, but let's just say 80-20 for the sake of a discussion. If 80% of the time you can get by by just paying attention, knowing where you're supposed to be, why do, why do you need the other? Then I don't so need to know how to hit with extreme violence because I don't get in that altercation no, in the first. No, you still need. You that's still back need to it. the umbrella. Tell me you more. You do need the umbrella. You do need the, the raincoat. Uh, I tell people when it comes to de-escalation, everybody says de-escalate, de-escalate. The only way I can de-escalate is if I have the ability to escalate. I don't care if you can de-escalate. If, if something goes wrong and you can't fix it, you're done. You're, you're over. So you need those violent skills. I'm very quick to say, if you've given me every indicator, I've tried to stop it, I've tried to avoid it, I've tried to place myself something between us, and you will not stop, and you're giving me all the indicators that you're going to attack, I am going to smash you first. I will hit you first. Because you have no other option. I tell people, you're your first responder. If you think someone's gonna come, yeah, they're come up to pick up the body. They're not, there's no one there to save you. 
Police, I said, when, when seconds count, the police are only minutes away. You can call, but by the time they get there, it's done. So that's the, that's the thing that some people, they just need to realize it's a little bit different animal. Typically, how long does the training that you offer take? It's a lifetime. <laughs> people ask more and more is how long before I'm semi-proficient. Mm -hmm. That's usually what people ask. It depends on how often you practice. Um, it's like anything. If you want to be good at it, you got to practice it daily. The good thing of self-protection skills, the situational awareness, communication, the boundaries, you can do that every day. Footwork, how to move, don't trip over your feet, structure, you can do that every day. It's the hard skills like when you're in a classroom environment, depending on how much you train. But usually a few months and you feel pretty good. Again, it's just a start. It's a lifetime because violence evolves, so so does your training. It gets into where you're talking about threat levels, or, or not threat levels, more threat profiles. What do you face because you're you? You don't face the, fre the threats I face. They're very different because of our size, our lifestyle, all these change. So you have to understand what you truly face, reality from fantasy, probable, possible. You have to understand that. Once you do that, you can kind of hone your training and focus on specific things rather than, oh, well, what if? You have to kind of know that. So much to think about. You've given us a lot of insights. Thank you for being here and thank you for watching. Remember, you can always find us on YouTube to watch this show again or find other episodes you may have missed. I'm Yanji Denise. Until next time, take care and aloha. Self-defense versus self-protection. Self-defense is like using an umbrella in the rain while watching the weather report or checking outside is self-protection. Self-protection includes soft skills like situational awareness. Self-defense hard skills may be required at the most unexpected times.